0: Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Owens, also known as Death Doola the founder of FromButterfliesToAngels.com, where I provide end-of-life services, education, and planning, as well as elder care dual services. I want to start off by saying, if you have an aversion to talking about death, here's your out. Because while some of our discussions are light and simple, sometimes we can get deep. With that being said, this podcast may be triggering to some of you. But it's all about helping you to challenge your views on death and even life itself. Now that we have that out of the way, welcome to my podcast about death and dying. Notice, I didn't say aging and dying because not everyone dies of old age. As I often say, the only fact about life is death. I'm going to touch on what happened while I was looking for a plot to bury my daughter lyrics since I briefly mentioned it in my other podcast. I didn't go into much detail originally because I wanted to be respectful of everybody's time and of everyone's attention span, if you're anything like me. I wanna try my best to keep these podcasts at about 15 to 30 minutes tops, depending on what I'm talking about. I'll go into a little more detail about my experience during the process of burying Lyric on this podcast because it's part of what shaped my decision to want to become a death doula as well. This experience was the proverbial straw. You know, that broke the camel's back as the saying goes. As I mentioned previously, my daughter Lyric died at 42 days old. She was a preemie who I birthed at about 28 weeks gestation. I was under tons of stress, and had been since the beginning of my pregnancy. My first pregnancy did not have a happy outcome, which didn't exactly help with my nerves. I found out I was pregnant at about 14 or 15 weeks, but I kept pretty quiet until I got past my 20th week. That was the safe zone, or so they say. I finally got my OB appointment and gave them a rundown about my last pregnancy, and about my water breaking between 20 to 22 weeks and losing the baby and my diagnosis of PCOS. This apparently alarmed the OB and they sent me to have a vaginal ultrasound. The ultrasound revealed that even though I was only around 20 weeks pregnant with Lyric, my uterus was already thinning and that was not okay. That shouldn't happen until the end of your pregnancy. They scheduled me for an emergency surgery where they would place the surclage A cerclage is a stitch placed around the opening of your uterus to keep your cervix closed and to hopefully help keep your baby inside. It was an emergency because they usually place them a lot sooner. There are more risks associated with the procedure later in pregnancy. I was actually pretty close to the cutoff of 23 weeks gestation. Then, after everything that I'm already dealing with, they tell me that I have an incompetent cervix. I still hate that term incompetent cervix when I hear incompetent nothing positive comes to mind like all of the doctors who studied this condition couldn't find another way to say that there's an issue with your cervix that will cause you to have issues carrying children anyway I was glad they took me seriously when I explained my previous complications and gave me an ultrasound because I thought that gave me a better chance of keeping my baby in this time I was placed on strict bed rest. no work, no prolonged standing, no nothings. When I went to the grocery store, I would ride around in one of those electric wheelchairs, like I was really taking no chances. I really wasn't even supposed to be driving, but hashtag confession, I did drive sometimes because I really had no way to get around or to get certain things that I needed. This was way before all of the fancy home delivery services that we have now. None of that existed back in 2013, and if it did, I didn't know about it yet. I had support when it was convenient for the other person, but I got tired of feeling like I was a burden, so I just did some things myself. Fast forward to the death of Lyric. When Lyric died, I was so hurt and so confused. This surclash that they gave me was supposed to help keep my baby in. This was supposed to be my saving grace. But my body decided otherwise, that even with this stitch, we were going into labor early. One minute, I was all alone in the hospital birthing my baby, then watching her be whisked off to the NICU. Then the next minute, I was told she was doing good, and she was off the breathing tubes, too. Then the next minute, she was back on them, and then the next minute, she was dead. Those 42 days went by like a blur. If you want to hear the whole story, you have to go back and listen to my podcast, How I Became a Death Doula." I don't want to relive it here. Now I have to bury my baby. My baby that I was supposed to watch grow up. That's when I learned a lot. I was very ignorant to the things that actually went into burying a person because I was used to those movie funerals. The person dies and then Boom everyone's at the funeral. For those of you who don't know, thank God, the gods, the ancestors, or whoever you worship, pray to, or just speak with on a spiritual level that you don't know, but it's definitely nothing like that in real life. Burying someone and or having a funeral involves a lot of moving parts, which is why it's super important to start planning now. Shameless plug. The very next day after Lyric's death, I started the business of trying to bury my daughter. Thank God I had help. My ex's mom and dad were a preacher and first lady. So if you hear me say mom in this podcast, that's actually who I'm talking about. I'm talking about my ex's mom. But in that line of work, you become really familiar with the funeral processes. What I learned is that there are some good folks and some bad folks in the funeral industry. A death doula can sometimes help you weed through those, too. Another reason why planning ahead is super important. When I was calling around the Hampton Roads, Virginia area, I was quoted with a big range of prices. The very first cemetery we reached out to tried to charge me $10,000 to bury my tiny 2-pound, 42-day-old baby. That did not include the casket. That didn't include the embalming. That didn't include anything. I'm not really a big fan of embalming anymore because I learned the harm that it can do to the embalmers and the environment, but I understand why it's needed. So just follow your heart when you're making decisions. I can't even remember if that included the opening and closing fee. Yes, there's sometimes the opening and closing fee for the grave site. It's the price you pay for them to dig up the hole and to cover the casket when the funeral is over. I was ready to spend that 10K though. My whole little savings that I had back then, I was ready to let it go because I just wanted to bury my baby. My mom said, hell no. Well, she didn't exactly say hell no, but I'm sure if she wasn't a first lady, she probably would have. But she did say no. She told me that that was way too much for the baby and that those were adult prices. I asked the director and the director said, well, yeah, because we don't have any more room in our baby land. She didn't say it like that, but that's how it sounded, all smug and stuff, you know? Babyland is a section of the cemetery where they bury children, a place that when I would visit Lyric, I would always pray that there was no fresh dirt. Fresh dirt meant that another parent was experiencing that very same pain that I was. But anyway, my mom said, we're not paying that. And as we were either walking out or ending the call, I honestly can't remember because everything after the doctor pronounced Lyric dead up until a few months after her funeral is pretty much a fog. The director said, well, Jennifer, I'll give you a call later and you can let me know what you decide. And my mom sternly repeated herself. You do not have to call her at all because we are not paying that. I don't remember if the director called me or not. We searched around Samora and we were quoted prices between 5500 which wasn't too bad, to a little under $10,000, even for the places that had a baby land. Some of the cheaper ones were not kept up well enough for me to feel like it could be the final resting place for my baby. Then by accident, or by the grace of my ancestors, we visited a place that we mistook for another cemetery. This place actually ended up being cheaper and nicer than the one we were actually looking for. They had a baby land, and they had space available. Lyric's plot, the opening and closing, and the overtime for the workers because we were having her funeral on the weekend, it wound up being a little under $3,000. My ex's dad found us a funeral home, and that funeral home was amazing. I'm not going to say the name because I don't have permission, but I will say that it's a pretty large black owned funeral home that has been operating for generations in the Hampton Roads area. When we met with them back in 2013, the person told me we are not in the business of making money off of babies. They were so helpful and super explanatory. They explained everything to me like I was a human and not a checkbook. When I told them that I wanted to see my baby, that I needed to see my baby. They even gently told me that they would do their best, but they couldn't make any promises because she was so tiny that meant that her veins were really tiny too. So embalming was definitely going to be a challenge. While I was saddened by this, the way it was explained helped me to understand and feel better. They gave me a very reasonable price and they were super people-y, like humans, not like salesmen or saleswomen. It's like they actually cared. And when it came time to view my baby, they did it, y'all. They got her right. I saw her for the very first time without all of that hospital stuff, and she was so beautiful. She looked just like a sleeping doll baby. If I get the heart, I'll post a picture on my Instagram from butterflies to angels. I won't say when, because even though I've come to terms with her not being here, sometimes revisiting those memories still hurts like it was yesterday. Going through this experience let me know that there are a ton of things to be thought about when burying a loved one, from where they will be buried to who will be preparing them, to the types of caskets, to the burial locations, to footstones, to headstones, and more. It also let me know that not everyone in the funeral industry has the grieving person's best interest in mind. The I'll call you later, Jennifer, after my mom had already said no dice was what did that for me and the fact that she was perfectly fine with charging me $10,000, the price of an adult plot for a tiny baby, knowing that baby plots definitely would have cost less. This person made zero provision and didn't even seem to care honestly. And yes, I get it, this is a business, but if you can charge less for a child plot in a specific section, don't you at least think there could have been some kind of discount since there were no child spots left? I mean, it makes sense to me. Even during my grief, which I still deal with to this very day, this is what helped solidify the fact that I had to help grieving moms and grieving families. I didn't know how to bring my vision into existence eight years ago, but I know how now. I am quote unquote oversharing my experience with death. And I say oversharing because I normally am a pretty private person and some of the people closest to me have never heard my entire recollection of Lyric's death because... I hadn't spoken about it and of course they wouldn't ask me about it either but there's no room for secrecy in such an intimate practice talking about death and the pain that comes with death needs to be normalized just like the happiness that comes with birth is it's all a part of the life cycle just opposite ends of the spectrum my goal is that even if no one hires me to walk with them each step of the way that you find another death care worker death doula end-of-life doula or whatever title us death workers choose to go by or that at least I put a bug in your ears that helps you to decide to start planning sooner rather than later. Let's all work together to become a more death positive society. I actually had plans on going into what us death workers do but I think I've shared enough so I'll leave my definition of my work as a death doula for my next podcast. I'm Death Dula De I just want to thank you for listening to From Butterflies to Angels, a podcast about death and dying. If you have any questions, feel free to visit www.frombutterfliestoangels.com. Thanks again.